Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Well, good morning, Mosaic Charlotte. Yeah. I love it. I love the energy. Love the energy because I am a talker and a walker, and I like for people to talk back to me. So feel free. You have full permission to talk back to me. Just don't say mean things. My feelings will be hurt. Uh, for those of you who do not know me, my name is Terrell Huntley, and um, I am the lead pastor of U City, which we are planting this fall somewhere <laughs> around here. Um, uh, like Pastor Naeem says, and Pastor Ashley, it's good to see you. Um, like they said, I met him during a, um, a TED talk that I recently did on vulnerability. And the reason why I talked about vulnerability is because I was born with a speech impediment, like I stuttered. And so I was forced to become vulnerable right when I met anyone. And I learned how vulnerability saves, how it saved my life. It saved me because I felt like I was the only one. But as I was being vulnerable and sharing my perceived weakness, I realized that everybody has a weakness that they feel like they are the only one that have. And so uh, that's how we met. And I know that sounded like a message set up, but it's not, because we're not talking about that. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to share that. Um, <laughs> like I said, uh, pastor of U-City, I am 34 years old. I have been married roughly going on eight years. That's my wife over there, so I'm trying to make sure that's fine. Eight years, yes. Uh, we have a four-year-old son. His name is Roman. Um, he is the sweetest boy you will ever meet, but he's also a big inconvenience. I know. Parents know. I mean, you still love them. You still love them, but they are just an inconvenience all the time. Um, but he's sweet. I, um, like I said, I've been married for a, around eight years, and my wife's name is Kimmy, and she is a mental health counselor, and so uh, she is always diagnosing me. <laughs> um, but yes, and, and, um, and I am her biggest inconvenience, so <laughs> I wonder how that works. Uh, speaking of inconvenience, uh, right? How many of you in this room feel like that you always inconvenience God in some way, shape, or form? Wow, nobody? Oh, okay. You got hands. I'm like, man, it, I might as well not preach because everybody's good in here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I feel that all the time. 
I feel that all the time, especially uh, when I missed an opportunity, especially when I fail, especially when I don't do something that God wants me to do. Um, and so this morning we are talking about God letting us attempt again, God letting us to try again. Tell the person beside you, I know COVID is real, it, <laughs> tell them that God lets you try again. No matter what it is, God, he's that type of God that he lets you try again. Now, have you ever had a missed opportunity that may appear like a failure? I miss them all the time. Maybe it's, if we go really surface, maybe it's that opportunity that um, allows you to work a better job. Maybe it's a promotion, right? And you went for it and you didn't get it and you felt like you missed an opportunity. Maybe it's that once in a lifetime opportunity where you are um, getting to go around the world, but because of fear, you stayed home. And you look back and you regret it. Students, maybe it is uh, you failed that test. You missed an opportunity to pass that test, and therefore you have to retake it. But if you go a little deeper, that is all of the expiring. But what if you missed an opportunity to be a great husband? What if you missed an opportunity to be a great wife? And that missed resulted in divorce. And you said, man, if I could do it all over again, I would do things different. <coughs> Maybe, sorry, I got to go. <coughs> Maybe you are single. And in your past relationship, you missed an opportunity to do things right. You made some decisions that you regret, and now you see that God, or you feel that God sees you as a failure, and therefore, he won't give you a chance for another relationship. Maybe you feel like you missed that opportunity. Maybe, and I got a lot of examples, I can go on. <laughs> Maybe you are addicted to something and you keep missing opportunities to overcome that addiction. You have been sober for a month, and all of a sudden you find yourself not sober anymore. Apply that to anything. I get it. I have missed opportunities. I have one opportunity in particular that I felt I have missed. But here's the thing. Whether you like it or not, God has expectations for us. Like parents, you have expectations for your kids. Like wives, you have expectations for your husband that he never meets. <laughs> like God has expectations for us. And when God tells us to do something, guess what? He expects us to do it. But sometimes we just don't. 
and we are disobedient. And we miss that opportunity. And now you regret it. And now you regret it. Um, I attended uh, UNC Charlotte about, okay. <laughs> Did you finish school? And she said, of course, because I didn't. <laughs> she just made me feel bad. <laughs> She's like, of course, that's easy. Doesn't everybody finish school? Okay. <laughs> no. And <laughs> in 05, I attended uh, UNC Charlotte. I had, this is, I'm not exaggerating, I had eight different major changes. Yes. I was in college trying to find my way. I didn't know my why. I didn't understand why I was there. All I knew was that I should go to college. If I'm honest, I was a young black man. And the narrative was, hey, young black man, go to college. And that makes sense. But I went with no why. And so about eight years later, I finished with no degree. <laughs> finished meaning... I left. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No. No, I stayed in there figuring out my why, but I worked a great job. And I'm like, I don't need this. And I did not finish. Now, students in this room, that was wrong. <laughs> please. I, I know your parents are looking at me like, please say that was wrong. <laughs> it was wrong. And more so, I regret it. It haunts me every single day. It haunted me. I wish I could go back. I felt like it was a big missed opportunity. And I felt the results of that missed opportunity. See, my problem was this. Is that I felt like it was over. And that God had given up on me in this specific area. I missed the opportunity to prove myself. Is there an area in your life where you felt like God would not give you another chance because you screwed it up? I know we all have that. But I'm here to encourage you that because of God's kindness, he lets us try again. And that's, and that's just not one again. That's not two agains. That's three agains, ten agains. That rhymed. 20 again, like that God lets us try again because of his kindness and his grace, not because of you. And we will find that in the story of Jonah. Now, how many of you in here have uh, read and studied deeply the story of Jonah all of your life? Raise your hand because this helps me tell the story. Have you heard the story of Jonah so that I can have, so I can navigate through? Okay. It's great. I'm going to tell you anyway. Okay? <clears throat> um, and in the story of Jonah, Jonah uh, was asked to do something, and he did not do it. He missed an opportunity. And we see um, how that resulted all throughout the story of Jonah. Now, the book of Jonah has four chapters. Uh, Jonah was a prophet. And for all of you theologians, Jonah was a minor prophet. What does that mean? Uh, you know. <laughs> but, but there was nothing minor about 
Jonah. I think a lot of Christians view Jonah's. If you have followed Jesus for a while and you know this story or you have been told the story growing up, we know, we have heard that Jonah is a disgrace to the Christian world. That, that God asked him to do something and he did not do it. Matter of fact, he went the other way. And, and everybody has this perception of Jonah as a wimp. But I would argue that. I don't think Jonah was a wimp at all. I think God just asked him to do something really hard. And see, Jonah was a prophet, which means is that he, he went and he, he spread God's word. He told people what God told him to say. That's a prophet. And, and in this story, this wasn't the first time that happened. Like, like Jonah has one job, and that's to tell people what God says. And this isn't the first time that he did it in this story. If Jonah had a resume, I would say that, that he would put on the resume uh, maybe that he is uh, a messenger of God, uh, that he is a um, long-distance runner. Okay, I got a few laughs. He's a long-distance runner, um, and that he's good at telling people that they are going to die. <laughs> like, he's so good at it that after he says it and leaves, then people catch it. They're like, oh, Jonah was so nice. And Jonah just puts it in this great sandwich. Oh, man, God loves y'all, but if y'all don't say sorry to God, you're going to die. See you later. <laughs> and everyone is like, oh, man, he's so nice. And then after he leaves, they're like, wait, what did he say? Jonah was good at telling people, hey, if you don't turn your face, if you don't um, serve God, acknowledge God, that something bad will happen to you. One job. And so let's hop right into Jonah. Is that okay with you? Chapter 1, verse 1. Here we go. And it says this, uh, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their wickedness has come up before me. So, so God sends Jonah to this, this city called Nineveh and, and he is to tell them, hey, you guys are not doing a good job at living life and you need to say sorry to God. And then serve God. And that was his job. But Jonah did what? He ran. Jonah ran to um, a town where he was aiming uh, to go to a city called Tarshish, right? And so uh, he goes down to Joppa, hops on a boat, and he's headed to Tarshish. And, and now how many of you have told God no without even saying a word. God says, do this, and you're like, wait, what, that? And God says, yeah, 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 that. Oh, man, man, what's this over here? <laughs> that is what Jonah did. So he ran to, he was headed to Tarshish. 
hopped on a boat, and then things went really bad. Now, I often wonder, like, why Tarshish? So, Tarshish, I got to say that really slowly. Good Lord. <laughs> Tarshish. Um, Tarshish was seen at that time to be the end of the earth. And so, so Jonah says, not only will I run, I will run to the end of the earth. That's how bad Jonah didn't want to do that thing that God asked him to do. Why? Because he did have a difficult job. He did. He, his job was, so, so I did learn at uh, UNC Charlotte that, uh, I did learn, <laughs> one, uh, the, uh, preachers would come and stand um, within the freedom circle thing, and then they would just start yelling at everybody real mean light and say that you're going to hell. That's essentially what Jonah had to do. And not in a, a city, just a regular size city. This was known to be the biggest city in the world, the most powerful city in the world. And so, God sends him. Now, Nineveh, if I know I'm doing a lot of history stuff, but I just feel like it's really important. Nineveh um, is known today as, guess what, northern Iraq. Right? And the Ninevites at that time were atrocious. I mean, they would kill their enemies, put their head on sticks. They were tyrants. They were bullies. They were oppressors. And Jonah hated him. Jonah hated him. Why? Because they oppressed his people. There was a disdain there. Jonah wanted them to stay guilty and hopeless. But God had another plan for him. Like Jonah felt like they deserve hopelessness. That's like this. Um, if I could frame it. Uh, that's like God telling us. So think about like 9-11. Think back. Northern Iraq. We were just like the towers were just hit. And you were one of the volunteers who would help pulling people out the rubble. You've seen dead bodies. You and you see the damage did. You've seen how many lives lost. And after you did all that, you are angry. You are, wow, you have a disdain for these people. And then God says, matter of fact, go and tell those people something so that they can be saved. He's calling you to do that. After what you just experienced. That is what happened to Jonah. Place yourself in his, his shoes. Like what God wanted Jonah to do was save the people he doesn't like. And it wasn't logical to him. Like, that's not logical, right? I think, I think oftentimes we miss opportunities because they're not logical. Don't miss opportunities that God sends because you can't find the logic in it. 
because God is not logical. To us, we have this thing um, at uh, U City, we say Jesus over preference. And that's like our guiding light, Jesus over preference. If you are choosing your preference over Jesus, then you know that you're doing something wrong. Jonah right now just chose his preference of not going over Jesus, over God. And so, anyway, they are in a ship, a violent storm comes, right, and the sailors are panicking, they are throwing over cargo, and then Jonah, guess what he does? He goes and goes to sleep. He says, nap time. Nap time, there's a violent storm, and the rest of the sailors are scared out of their minds, and Jonah goes to sleep. This tells you the type of person Jonah was. A person who goes to sleep during a violent storm. Like Jonah was no wimp. He went to sleep. And so the captain then goes to Jonah and says, how, how can you sleep? I need you to call your God as we are calling our gods and maybe your God will save us. And so the sailors then uh, did something next. They, they uh, did this thing called casting lots. Does anybody know what that is? Okay, well, let me tell you, like, maybe help you with, a, like, a present-day thing of it, right? So I got dice here. Casting lots is, like, us now probably using dice to see who fault something was, right? <laughs> that was it. Like, like, they were like, oh, man, let's cast lots to see why this storm, who is on this boat that, uh, that, that, that allowed this storm to come and kill us. And so what they did was uh, they had their lots, uh, and then they, like, cast it. Uh, what number did that land on? <laughs> oh, you can't see it? Oh, uh, well, this is... Uh, number three. And the number two, that stands for Jonah. <laughs> Guys, it's simple math. <laughs> three plus two equals Jonah. <laughs> and so what happened was they casted lots and, and, and it landed somehow on Jonah. I don't know. I, I really don't know. And they asked Jonah, who are you? Who are your peoples? Where are you from? Who do you serve? And Jonah says, I am a Hebrew. I serve the one and true living God. And then they ask, well, okay, whatever you did, we don't care. How do we make this, this storm stop? And Jonah, again, just thug life. Jonah says, throw me overboard. <laughs> That's it. Just throw me overboard, Right? And the storm will stop. Again, this tells you what type of person Jonah is. Throw me overboard. And so they threw him overboard, and the sea calmed down. And the men were greatly feared. They greatly feared the Lord, and they knew that this God was real, and they committed their life to him. See, God still works even in our missed opportunities. Jonah was running. He missed an opportunity, and God's still working in it. And so after they threw him, the Lord provided. What's such a great God? 
a big fish to swallow him. A big fish swallowed Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Now, if you think, students, if you think that this is cap, right? Then, I'm sorry, what that means is like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that means like, like fake news. Like, that means like, oh, you're overselling it, overdoing it. Say cap. So what that means is if I say, oh, I can bench 650 pounds, y'all would say cap. cap. Yeah, that's how that goes. If you think that, that a person being swallowed by a fish is not real, it is. It just happened last month. Uh, there was this guy named Packard, last name Packard. Um, and if, if you have the picture, there we go. Packard, he is a lobster diver. He was in the, the middle of the ocean looking for lobsters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he said, it got dark. <laughs> it got dark. And <laughs> he felt like this big massage thing, just <laughs> massaging his entire body. And then he real <laughs> realized that he was being swallowed by a whale. A whale was digesting him at that very moment. He knew, he thought that he was going to die. He was like, no, this is over. He just knew it. And see, many of us feel that way right now. Because of that missed opportunity that haunts you, because of that failure that haunts you, you are like, there's no way out. I'm in the middle of a fish, a whale, and there's no one to save me. This is it. And like, but like Packard, Jonah and Packard, uh, my guy Packard, you know. <laughs> the whale started uh, just like vomiting, like just shaking, and the whale like spit him up because he didn't taste good. <laughs> but that happened with Jonah as well, three days later. And wh but while Jonah was in the whale, he, he said this beautiful it was like a beautiful prayer. And it said this, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the deep in the realm of the dead. Jonah thought he was beyond gone. It's like God heard him while he was dead. And he called for help. And God listened to his cry. Again, missing an opportunity can lead you to this point where you are beyond fixing, where you are beyond getting. But guess what? Because of God's kindness, he hears us. Not because of you, not because of your ethics, not because of your good works, but because of God's kindness, he can still hear us. And not only does he hear us, he lets us to try again. And not only that, he places us right where we need to be to try again. See, like Jonah, the whale spit him up, and he made it to Nineveh. Think about this. 
Jonah was on the boat going the opposite way and still ended up in Nineveh. Because God placed them in the right place to try again. And this is where the grace of God just comes in. And then it says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. And guess what Jonah did? This time, he obeyed. I mean, he had to, because I don't see anything worse than being swallowed by a fish. Maybe being chewed up by a shark, but I don't. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Jonah obeyed. See, the thing about God is like God lets us attempt again when he knows we are ready, not when we feel we are ready. I think oftentimes after we make a mistake, we automatically feel quickly, hey, give me another chance. I got this this time. But most of the time, that's not true. And we are in this waiting season. Of like, man, I messed that up. God, if you just give me another chance and God is saying, hey, I will, but just be patient. I will let you know when you are ready. And then Jonah goes and he goes to the city of Nineveh and he is telling people for 40 days, 40 nights. He's like, hey, guys, if you don't say you're sorry God is going to smite you. That word smite. He didn't use it, but I I like the word smite. (laughs) God is going to to do something to this, this city. He's going to ruin this city. And when the king heard this, the king said this. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent. And with compassion, turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And so when God saw this, the next verse, when God saw this, that they did this, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. But that's not the end of the story, right? So Jonah declares this message. Jonah says, hey, do this. Repent. Uh, say you're sorry. And then love, love God after all the wrong that they did. And God heard. And they did. And God heard them. And God had compassion on him. And, and Jonah says, see, I knew this would happen. Jonah is upset. Because he knew that this would happen. See, here's the thing. Jonah's issue with God this whole time wasn't really that he asked him to do something that he didn't want to do. Jonah's issue with God is that he knew that God was too kind. He knew that he was too good. And Jonah, not being the first time that he's done this, knew that he was effective as well. Jonah is like, I don't know, 10 for 10 on this. He has told 10 nations, hey, guys, do better or God uh, will smite you. And then they do better and then God saves them. 
Like, like this is not the first time it has happened to Jonah. Jonah was very effective in this. And Jonah then says, oh, uh, with a slight attitude, he became angry and he prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? In other words, isn't this what I said when I was sitting on the couch? And this is why I fleed. That I knew that you were a gracious, compassionate God. Slow to anger. A lot of us need to hear that right now. Because of your missed opportunities, you feel the opposite. But Jonah knew who God was the entire time, which is why he didn't want to go. He says, I knew you are I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending pain, hurt. And he asked the Lord to take away his life again. Who just asked somebody to take their life? This shows who Jonah was. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah believed that God was too kind and too graceful too good. But the Lord replied, is, isn't, is it right for you to be angry with me? And God then shows through a plant, he shows Jonah that he can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it, whether you feel like it's logical or not. If you read uh, uh, the rest of the, the story, is really beautiful. But, but I'm going to stop here for a second. What does this mean for you? Like, what does the story mean for you? God expressed his wanting Jonah to go and help save people that Jonah felt like didn't deserve to be saved. And maybe that's you. And not only that Jonah goes after the first time failing, God lets him try again. And because he did it again, a whole city was brought back to life and turned their face towards God. If you don't hear anything this morning, if you haven't heard anything I said, which is fine, I get it. It happens all the time. <laughs> if you haven't heard anything said, know this, that in order for things to change, you have to believe that Jesus exchanges our wrong for his right. Whatever missed opportunity you had, Whatever failure you had, you must believe in order to move forward that Jesus redeems. That he exchanges our wrong for his right. See, uh, because I did not finish school, I'm, a, I'm back at that. Because I didn't finish school at uh, UNC Charlotte, that haunted me for about 10 years. And I said, God, if you give me another chance. Because I didn't want a, 
to go back and get more student loans and all that stuff. Uh, y'all know how it is. I said, God, if you just give me another chance. And what God did was he allowed me to skip the bachelor process and go straight into my master's for free. That is an amen moment. I share that because I want you to really understand that Jesus redeems. Is that when he died on the cross for us, he exchanged our filth for his righteousness, putting us in standing in the right place. Not only that, he reconciled the whole world back to himself. He said, this is mine. And whenever he exchanged your filth for his like pure goodness, he doesn't see you anymore. He sees himself in you. Like, and I didn't understand that until I had a son. When I could look at him and say, he's mine. And I am his. And there's nothing that my son can do for me to stop being his father. Nothing in his own power. And that's the relationship God has with you, but a lot of us don't know it. And this is why Jesus died for like right relationship. To dismiss your missed opportunities, to dismiss your failures, Because we are 150% rebellious towards God. There's no good in us that's good enough for God. So he became the good for us. And whenever he sees us, he sees himself. Jesus redeems. Just a bit of encouragement. Um, like, you are not your failures. You are not. That's not who you are. I would take it a step further. You are also not your achievements. You are the son and daughter of royalty. And your identity is attached to him. Not what you do, not what you have. Those things waver. They leave. But to God. You have to believe that Jesus uh, redeemed. And I do this thing called share challenge. I share it because we all should do it. A challenge because it may take a little work. And here's the share, share challenge. To name that failure. What is it? Get it in your head. Get it in your mind. Write it down this week. Name that missed opportunity that keeps haunting you. Then tell someone about it. And that's a vulnerable moment. And then ask God 
to help you to try again. But here's the trick. Let him determine what that looks like and when that looks like. Don't take it on yourself. Don't take the reins, but trust God that missed opportunity. If you have missed a great opportunity, if you have disobeyed, remember that Jesus redeems and lets us try again. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, um, we love you, or we try to, but it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to even love you. So, thank you, Holy Spirit. There's anyone in this room, and I am totally fine if it's just one person, that their missed opportunity haunts them that their failure haunts them, that they feel like there's no turning back from this, that you this week, right now, will give them the courage to try again. Father God. And the truth is, it's not really about the missed opportunity. It's not about the failure. It's you showing them who you are. Showing your goodness, your mercy, your grace. Showing a side of you that we have never met before. And so as we sing this next song, God, speak to us. Heal us. In this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.